Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name's Dan Huff from Twickenham. Um, the weather's again been kind to us. Not quite as warm this weekend as it has been in previous weeks, but lots of cricket. Uh, no need for duck with Lewis or any of that sort of stuff. Uh, so we've got plenty to talk about. As ever, I'm joined by Sal Ali. Sal, how are you? Yeah, I'm very good, Dan. I've got my daily star of me alongside me. So I'm just checking on the weather for this week and it's yeah. another, another good week coming up. So, yeah, look forward to another good week of cricket. Well, Oracle, as we're now calling it, in terms of weather predictions, oh, the daily course, star yeah, is doing, yeah. the, doing the job. Yeah, forget BBC and all your apps on your phone. Just go to the daily star. Fantastic. Um, you busy man yesterday, Sal? You were standing, right? Yeah, I stood in a game in Division 3, Wickham House, top of the table, um, played at Tonians, at Tonians. Good game. We'll talk about later on. So, um, yeah, well, it's played in a, a good spirit, which for me is always the main thing. But, yeah. One of my spies out there said that you had a rock solid game, Sal. I promised I wouldn't tell him that, but I, I, I have. So, um, so yeah, it, it appears that you didn't offend anybody. Yeah. That's good to hear. All good. Um, uh, and, and we're also joined by somebody else who's been on the pod before, um, season campaigner uh, James Overy from Bronsbury. Uh, Overs, how are you? Yeah, very well. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me back. Well, thanks for coming on board. Um, we'll we'll get to, to to Division One and to everything else that's been happening. In the um, in the county league in due course, but we, we might as well start with something we've been talking a lot about, Sal. That that plague, it's still here. Um, wides, can I ask how many wides there were in your game? Roughly, was it was it a, was it a game that had copious amounts? No, I think it was pretty good actually. I can't remember too many occasions where I had to uh, call for wides, but yeah, I mean, this this I mean, the one day stuff is pretty harsh. You get on some bowlers, you get some balls, you can swing the ball quite well, or defense for the wicket and it's it's called a wide so yeah we, I, we, 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 that, was, that was good yesterday two sides so yeah they're not on our list of um, culprits that we may be reading that one day or not in, in time yeah. yeah yeah good good well I'm pleased to hear it because um one of our regular listeners the the, the one and only Paul Smith um t- took up our our challenge I guess it was a challenge that, that we laid down uh, of asking about you know which sides have, have been bowling a lot of wides through through time and and Paul sent me a, a you know a re- really interesting 
um, sort of set of data um, over the last you know last few years about which which sides have been have uh, been bowling the the, the most uh, most wise. Now, if I was to throw it out there, folks, now Paul's got data on seventy sides this season about which sides bowled the most and the fewest wides. Uh, overs, if I asked you to, to give me a name, which side bowls the fewest wides in the league? And I'm talking about data for this year. And any starters for 10? Fewest wides going to be someone with a lot of spin. Stanmore. Stanmore up there. That's a, that's a pretty good guess. Um, how about you, Stanmore a third, mate. 2.7%. Of the deliveries they bowled this year, I don't know if this includes this week actually, but um, doesn't matter. Um, have been wide, two point seven percent. So that they're third. Sam, are we talking from Prem down to Div Six here? Looking a whole lot, yeah. For which we have data. Oh. We quite have eight data for every side. Okay, I'm going to think uh, again. James is putting a good one there with Stanmore. So let's go with another spin side, but Crouch End. Spot on. Crank Chen, they bowled 1.3% of their deliveries this season. And they bowled 1,143, which is at the top end, because, of course, Premier League cricket is um, is a bit longer uh, than, than cricket in the rest of the league. Um, so, yeah, they're 1.3%. Honourable mention for, 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 for three sides, really. Um, second, so Crank Chen the top, Stanmore a third, SKLP. They bowled 2.3% of their deliveries are wide, so they bowl pretty straight. As does um, old Isleworthy and Alex Zambi in this side, 2.8% for them. They're fourth. And then Tamil United are fifth with 2.9%. Now, we, we can't be 100% sure that everything's put in on play cricket is right. But I think the general direction of travel would say that those sides, um, that those sides are bowling pretty straight, which I thought was really interesting. Now, if we turn this around, of the 10 sides in the Prem, which side do you think probably... Doesn't bowl the straightest. Which side has the most wides? Overs, any thoughts on that? The 10 sides in the Prem at the moment? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to go Hornsey just because they're the bottom of the table. So perhaps perhaps that's one of the reasons. Could be wrong. Yeah, spot on. Hornsey, indeed. They, they, they are bottom with 6.2% of their deliveries have been wide. But that puts them 39th in the league. So that's... That's, you know, that's in the bottom half. And I thought for a Premier League team, particularly a Premier League team that has a good bowling attack, certainly they went up on the back of that bowling attack last year. I'd have thought that's food for thought, really. I'd have thought there's, there's something that they could definitely be looking to, to improve on there. And as you say, they, you know, they're, they're struggling a bit in, probably in a number of areas. But that, that's one that caught my eye. Sal, who's going to be ninth? Who do you think? If Hornsey are um, tenth, as it were? I mean, if James makes the point about being bottom, but also it's probably a side I imagine that's got a quite seam heavy department in, in the bowling ranks. So, I mean, I'll just see what either North Mid or Shepherds Bush, I'll just said. Yep, Shepherds Bush, it is. They are, they're, they're just above point. They're 34th out of 70. So they're smack in the middle, which again, for a side, the quality that the Bush are. I was a bit surprised at that. I just thought they'd be a bit a bit higher there or a bit better off in terms of the league table. But 5.4% of the deliveries they bowled have been, uh, have been wide. Now, in terms of the, the, the whole league, I mean, again, the, the data set is brilliant. Paul's got a fantastic data set to work with, but it's not perfect. But it looks like London Super Kings uh, get, the, get the wooden spoon, if that's the right phrase. Um, as things stand, 16.2% of the deliveries they bowled this year are wides. Ealing Three Bridges just ahead of them with 14.6. So, um, uh, um, and, the, and there's a whole 
sort of raft of other, other sides that are that are down there from divisions five and six, really, which which is sort of what you'd expect because that should be the the lowest standard of first eleven cricket. So I could go on. I've got plenty more data on this, but I won't uh, because we have other things that we should probably be chatting about rather than my my challenges with finding data. Uh, um, so so interesting. So we've had another tie. That's one thing I wanted to throw in right at the beginning. And it was a really interesting one. I'm going to come back to it a bit later, though. I'm going to come back to it uh, um, when we've discussed what's gone on in, in the Prem. So do you want to kick off there, Sal? What do we need to know? Yeah, we will go to the top of the table clash with last year's champions, uh, Crouchen, being host to Teddington, who were three out three and are now four out four. It's, and it's a big win for two reasons. One, it maintains the fact they're um, unbeaten and, and top of the table. But also, not many sides in the past have gone to Crouchen and one chasing um, I looked through some sort of records the last few four years, and I think maybe one or two came to mind. I know Bush won a game there, I think one or two years ago. But to go there and chase, and then also the, you know decent score, having to chase down two six one, um, they they got their eight balls to go. Um, I mean Crouch and Batten first, and I mean we have to mention Joel Curtis. We you know he's he's the man in form at the moment. He scored two centuries last week in, in cup and league cricket. Added another one this week as he had three in a row, which again could be something to look into. What's uh, highest number of consecutive hundreds in the league um, where he's carrying on it could be another one next week um, Sachin Patel gave me some good support scored 75 but Crouchen would probably be disappointed for being from 192 for 2 um, were ended up on 261 for 9 off the 50 over still, still a challenging target you know I mean James has played himself I'm sure at Crouchen you know it's not an easy back on with the spinners they have as well but um, you know when you need a man to step up to occasion Junjawala Abhishek Junjawala was the man Smacked 114. I caught the end of his innings on, um, on the YouTube stream. Um, he was out with, I think, maybe 12 balls to go, but he'd done all the hard work. A fantastic century and left it to Skip Alice the Bollocks come in and hit a couple of big blows to, to seal a, a huge win, as I said at the beginning of, the, of this um, conversation. So, good win for Teddington, but I'm sure... Um, you know, man, that's how, just to jump in quickly, is when Teddington yeah. chase, they chase what, in a way that I would describe as properly... You know, they don't look. They don't have to win in thirty-five overs. But they often get their forty-seven, forty-eight, plenty of time, go up the rate when they need to, and and just seem to do a really professional job, right? Yeah, it's well paced. I mean, I mean, they probably had sort of visions of, you know, not visions, I suppose, but they still had some demons to deal with them when they played them. I think two years ago, um, bowled out really cheaply at Crouch End, but um, yeah, this was this was a very professional chase. You know, we spoke to them about the, the depth in their side. Um, but, you know, this weekend was about quality. And as I mentioned, Ginger and Wallace, you know, showed what a fantastic club cricketer he is. And, you know, that win it really, really makes a, a mark on the, on the league itself. And, you know, four out of four um, in the, you know, we, we, I think Ben Fraser spoke about it last week, how important it is, the one day stuff. You know, you win early with the one day cricket, it sets you in such a good position for the season. I mean, Crouchen won the league base last year, I think, on their, on their one-day victories. You know, they had a great one-day uh, record, had a bit of a dip when it comes to the time cricket. But, you know, if they can make it five out of five next week, you know, they're going to be red-hot favourites going into the time cricket. Um, but, you know, there are sides on their tails. And one side, I'm sure Dan will not be pleased to see when yesterday was Stanmore, who won a real thriller at Twickenham. Um, ninth wicket stand of 49 with a player that James has played in the past nine, Doshi. Um, he's not known for his batting, more of a bowler, but he sort of stuck in there and took his side to a, a fantastic victory um, against Twickenham. And we took him, we'll be thinking, you know, when's this win going to come? Last week was a close, close to them defeat. This week again, 
I stand more for strength and resilience and when you know since they came up and they've shown that they're side to really you know sort of um to really sort of rate as a side who could potentially be challenged to Twickenham at the moment. I mean, Dan, obviously you must have got some feedback from your guys in the game yesterday. What was your general consensus yeah, on yesterday? Um, well, I, th- I think you've got two very different interpretations of it. One is that, um, well, first of all, another cracking game. We, we lost by two wickets in a very similar sort of game the week before against Ealing. And, and this week we um, managed to go one step further and lost by one wicket. So so certainly good game to cricket. Um, the, the problem we've got, everyone, everyone else in the league is scoring a lot of runs, right? Um, but we aren't, and uh, it's an issue. You, you're not going to win too many games when it's flat and you've got 150 on the board. And we've tried to do that twice um, and, and almost got there. Because on the flip side, uh, the bowling's all right. You know, one to Panasar, one for 13 off 10, that says it's OK. And, and our, our bowling's pretty competitive, but you, you're just not going to win too many games uh, if you don't put runs on the board. And it reminds me a bit, and I, I almost don't want to say this because you know, I know where it ended, but it reminds me a bit of Bronsby last year at Overs. In that you, I always felt, you, you know, particularly Naim Doshi, you, you could bowl sides out, but it was getting runs on the board, wasn't it? And in the end, I think that's what probably killed you. Yeah, I think that's what, that is the, the, the toughest thing to do in the Premier League because the, the, the bowling is really strong. I mean, every single team, they can all bowl. Um, although this year it does look like there have been a lot of runs throughout all the divisions, um, to be honest. But yeah, the bowling kind of usually takes care of itself. It's, it's getting big scores on the board. Um, and that's certainly where we fell short last year. Um, but look, there's a long way to go for Twickenham, so I wouldn't be worried too too much just yet. Well, you know, I, 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 we, we were saying that last night in the club. But at the same time, you know, it's good to get a good start, just as it's good to avoid having a bad one. So that's very true. What, what was it like, Captain Naeem Doshi? Um, Overs because he's uh, you know he's got an impressive track record, hasn't he? And um, and, and he he must have been you know quite a useful ace to have up your up your sleeve. Yeah, of course. He's uh, I mean he's the top three bowlers in the league probably. Um, it was mm. it was it was very easy to to manage in the sense of you gave him the ball and certainly in the time cricket he pretty much bowled from one end for us. Um, uh, it was it was always I really enjoyed captaining him in the one day stuff because you had to use his overs clever in a clever way. Um, often teams would just look to block him, especially against against us, where they knew they probably wouldn't be chasing loads. Um, but yeah, he was a he was a really good person to have around. Um, didn't get the runs he got yesterday uh, for us, but he, he certainly threatened. He certainly promised them. Um, but yeah, it was nice to. I'm certainly sure it was certainly nice for him to to try and get or get a match winning score at the end there uh, yesterday. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Um, and talking of runs scored, um, Sal Richmond, that was an intriguing old encounter, wasn't it? I mean, Richmond have now scored over 303 games a season. So in terms yeah. of the batting, they're not short there, are they? And then gentleman who made the century two weeks ago I and mean, was not available last week was back this week and back with vengeance in terms of obviously being frustrated from play last week was Julius Tomorrow, um 114. Which that was actually quicker than his ton he got against um, Hampstead, I think, two weeks ago, where he scored 150 balls this week, took 49. So um, he's definitely a player to watch. And like you mentioned, Dan, he was a sort of surprise opener because Greg King was injured. Actually, okay, so... rubbish. Mm-hmm. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he was promoted up the order because Greg King was, wasn't feeling well, and I think he's now sort of you know secured that spot for foreseeable future. So for so Richmond, yeah, three six two against Hornsey. Um, as I mentioned, uh, Samarau with a big score and was given some good support from Tan by Tanawala. Um, actually, no, sorry, um, Will, Will, sorry, Will Phillips, captain, actually, called 55. And Hornsey, again, you know, to their credit, they, you know, they, they battled valiantly but fell short in the end. But I think this year we are seeing the um, 
the, the good use of having overseas this year and the influence they're having on sides and in it for their side. So Matt Jenkins is overseas for Horns. He scored 96 last week, I think last week. Sorry, last week and this week he scored 81. Jack Bruce got 58. So, you know, Hornsey got made 295 for six. So it's something to build on as the weeks go on. I know it's not the, the win they want and they are languishing at the bottom at the moment, but there are sort of some plus signs in terms of as the scene's going to develop. So they'll be hoping this is another thing to sort of build on and use as a, as a positive kind of error in their, in their game. One thing I noticed there, Sal, is that they, they got nearly 300, right? And they have over five O's left when they were all out. Yeah. So that doesn't automatically mean that you were you were going to lose that game. No. You know, you, I'm sure, I don't know how the ebb and flow of their horns innings, but with five overs that you haven't used, then, you know, it, it does look as if something clicked with the batting and that's got to be good. Yeah, no, definitely. So, yeah, as I said, it's, it's, it's positive, isn't it? You know, it's something they can build on as yeah. they go on. I mean, we're talking about teams scoring lots of runs. We're going to come to North Mid now. I mean, I, I don't know if this is the highest score in the Premier, but I'm sure Paul Smith, our statistician, will get back to that. They scored 381 against Hampton yesterday. Um which I think could be, from what I remember, I can't remember the score being that big in the Prem in the last few years. Um, another overseas player, Matt Moran, who I've seen in the flesh, who played against our um, side in, in a league, in a, in a cup match, sorry, and looks like a very good player. Come from Australia, Sydney grade player. His side won the grade competition back in Sydney, so you know, they're no, they're, they're no mugs his side at all. So Matt Moran, 121 um, and 50s also for Van der Spar, Evan Flowers, um, and a new player card called Dave Heaviside, so for eight one. But again, the Hampstead actually quite unfortunately the finals with only one win, but also scored three hundred three times this season. Yeah, find themselves you know near the bottom of the table. Um, and their overseas Stephen Giffin back to back century three Madonna one hundred forty three. Ollie Grayson hit uh, an eighty odd as well in the innings. And like you talk about Hornsey being sort of falling short in terms of overs, so did Hampstead. Hampstead bowled out with. So six overs left and ended up being about 70 short in the end or six, 70 short. So, you know, no, 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 no one's going to say they would have won the game, but could have been even closer in the end, really. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, runs definitely all, all, all of the day apart from on the green, by the looks of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll just have a look there. I think the highest score in first 11 cricket is 423, Sal. Yeah, but I thought that was um, yeah. not so yeah, but I'm not sure that was a Premier League. Um, it Enfield versus Wembley, so I suspect it wasn't in 2016. Yeah, but um, I doubt. we'll have to have a dig around about the highest Premier League score because I'm sure Paul will be able to tell us that quite quickly. Yeah, I doubt that the Prem game. So this e- could Ealing well had be. two double hundreds in two weeks a few years ago. I, think I remember that. Got a yes. hundred, so that yeah, and yeah, so they that was against Teddington, I think that game from what I remember. Um, and then yeah. was it Morton, the guy that had come in? He, I think he got one the week after, didn't he? I think it might have been the case. But yeah, that'd be interesting to find out where 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 that score stands in in the highest run scored in in a, in a prem game by a side. And the final game will come to the Bush, who, who now on a bit of a roll, two from two now for them, and be eating quite comfortably in the end by 127 runs. Um, George Collins, who we hear is going to Australia at some point in the season, so he's hoping to make up for you know his sort of departure with some runs for his side. Scored 74, and Joe Carrasco 77. Um, Ramon Bailey, boldly spoken about quite a few times on the pod. I actually met his mum yesterday. She was scoring for Tony's lovely lady, um, and she was sort of following his interest in his game. And he's three for thirty-two, um, and Ali Easton three for twenty-two. So Bush, Bush is sort of quietly, sort of like you know, moving up that up that table, you know. And there's been no very dangerous side with some very good cricketers, and and I think they're a very well balanced team as well. Yep, yep. I mean, I, th- I think I think I think Bush. 
for me, have always been a side that's slightly underachieved. So I'm not, I'm not surprised that they are they are picking up from a bit of a slow start. Um, all good. A- any views on the Prem this year, Overs? I mean, you, you obviously followed it like we have. Um, any teams that you say keep an eye on or any, any surprises? It's very similar to last year, to be honest, in that it feels like there's, there's could be wrong, but there's one team who are, who are struggling a little bit and maybe could find themselves cut adrift, potentially. But other than that, it's very difficult to say who's going to get relegated now. Maybe lots of people would have said us, but we, we certainly wouldn't have said that for, for long periods of the season. Yeah. Um, but it's just so difficult to, to finish above anyone. I think it was it was Hampstead and Ealing above us who you wouldn't, you know, it's very difficult to finish above those two sides. They're so powerful. Um, so it is just really, really open. Um, obviously, you won your first four games, Tullington looked the strongest, but there's so much cricket to play. As important as the one-day games are, it is, it is finding wins in that middle nine weeks that, that can become difficult and it, sometimes having just the best couple of players makes a big difference at that, at that time um, so yeah just a, a lot of cricket to be played I'm not sure I can, I can make any bold predictions as to who's going to win it um, and certainly wouldn't be able to tell you who's going to go down at this stage it's, it's really open Yeah it all seems logical to me I mean I was thinking about what Ben Fraser said about you know winning the, 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 the limited overs cricket will be, will be key and I get the logic but it also occurred to me if you win four of the all-day games on the bounce and the other teams draw, well, that, that really is a plus, you know, because you're going, to be, you're going to be bouncing up the league. Now, sure, I get the point that it's a 10-0 swing with, or 10-1-2 swing um, with, uh, with the limited over stuff, but I do think you can make a real impact uh, in the middle of the season, it, just because other sides may play really well but not win the game. Um, and, you know, we've got, we've got loads of cricket left, which is great. So we will see how that goes. Moving into Division 1, um, I mean... Bronner started pretty well over his right. Played 4-1-4. Another pretty convincing win yesterday. Um, all sweetness and light, I guess. Yeah, so far so good. Um, similar to what I just said, long way to go. But um, yeah. yeah, he can't do much more than win, win all four games. Um, I think most pleasing that we've had lots of different people contribute. Obviously, something, something we've addressed in the winter and you can do a lot of talking about what you need to do and stop yo-yoing up and down the divisions and you can talk a good game. But um, it's actually been good to, to put some of that down and, and turn it into performances. I think we've had five guys have scored over 100 runs already um, and lots of different people taking wickets and bowling overs. So, yeah, so far so good. But um, there's yeah a lot of cricket to be played. We, have, we haven't played Harris St. Mary's or Acton or North London, who are, I think, they're the three teams below us. So um, we've, we've beaten what's in front of us so far, but a lot of cricket to go. Yeah, that makes sense. I like the fact there that lots of people have been contributing. That has to be a good, a good, a good sign. Yeah, totally buy into that one. And yesterday against Barnes, now I should have looked this up before I spoke to you, but we heard last week there South African opener hits the ball hard, right? Uh, was he around yesterday? Um, and, and did he make an impact? Um, Sounds like that might be a no. I don't know. Not, they, yeah, one I should have given you a name, which might have helped. A lad, but, a lad, um, got, I remember... a lad got twenty odd, I think, at the start. But um... okay. Yeah, um, we we actually didn't start that well with the ball, to be honest. So, um, so yeah, it was difficult to say whether that was him batting really well. I think we, I felt like we bowled some really bad balls, which is unlike our, our two openers who have been excellent all season. Um, but yeah, they, they to be honest, we got a lot of runs and it was probably well over par. So um, they were always kind of up against it with the bat, if I'm being totally honest. Yeah. And of the, of the three sides that you've played, did any catch your eye? I mean... Inevitably, if, if you're beating the sides, we only had four games. They're going to be towards the bottom of the table now. But was there any that you think, hello, that they've got something? They, they, they could well be a side that could go reasonably well. 
look, we scored 362 against Osterley, which is our highest ever score. And I think our average score last year was 140. So it felt like <laughs> that was just unbelievable. Um, but I actually, don't, bang, I actually yeah. don't think Osterley are, are that bad. Um, they had some people who could bat. And obviously, just they were chasing so many. It was obviously difficult to know what they were, yeah. they were never going to get those those runs. And their bowling will click um, as well as as well as we batted. They didn't bowl very well, and I think they have. I think they are better than what they showed. Um, obviously, they, their overseas player didn't play against us either. So um, yeah, they, they they won't they won't lose every game. No way. Um, they'll certainly mm-hmm. pick up some wins. Um, Enfield looked like in the time stuff. They'll be they'll be reasonable. I think they got some some deal. Certainly got one very good spinner who can bowl obviously as many overs as he wants in that. So they'll they'll be all right. And yeah, Finchley gave us a really good game. So um, yeah, we're we're pleased that we beat in these sides. Um, but they're, they're no sort of they're not mugs any of these teams. Um, Finchley are always they're always competitive. They're always difficult to beat. Um, so you know they're, they're the best of the four sides we played certainly. Well, I think that's it's worth saying. It's always it's always possible to lose every game of cricket. Doesn't matter how, how well you're playing and how bad the opposition might be. You, you know, nothing ever happens just because. You know, you, you you have to play well to win games of cricket at the standard that you're you're playing at. And I think the points about Austerley are interesting. So I've got this right, Sal. Uh, Keswick didn't play yesterday, and yet Austerley were pretty bombastic against Wembley. Yeah, right? I'm not sure where he was yesterday, but um, they've got their first win on the board, so they'd be delighted with that. Um, making 293 against uh, against Wembley. Um, Bilal Mohammed 77, Shabazz Bashir 84, um, and then bowling um, managed to restrict Wembley to what it turns out to be was not enough in terms of scored 2 1 9 for 8 or 45. So, yeah, I'll see you off the mark now. Um, and actually, leap from Winchmore Hill, who now are bottom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I spoke to, to Sasha Silver um quickly about, about this, and he said, you know, not ideal. It's not where we want to be, but I think they're still pretty confident they've got enough there to regroup and and start climbing the table in due course. And they were playing Harrison Marys, right, who are, as, as Oda just said, one of the sides that we would expect to be near the top. And um, I guess Harrison Marys got home by four wickets yeah, today. Um, quite a low-scoring game, but um, Tom Pettit, who's had a good start to the season so far, contributed again yesterday. I think captain as well, there was no Raven Patel playing. So um, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a danger man and, and comes back in 46 runs in a four-wicket win. I think, over to, back to Winston I think, Without Gatton at the moment, who's he's a fantastic cricketer, they are definitely struggling. You know, he's he's guaranteeing I don't know five six hundred runs a season, um, and they're definitely missing him. I'm not sure if he's back this year. I don't know if James has anything about this at all, but he's not played at all this season. So he's one player they'll be hoping if he is going to be back comes back pretty soon. Yeah, I, I'm yeah, not sure. Well, yeah, no. I don't think he is. To be honest, from what I heard, um, and, that, and that, that this division in general are just sort of. Two or three people in each team who are they would they would excel in the Premier League. They wouldn't just sort of make up the numbers, and he's certainly one of them. And that's why it's so difficult sometimes to. It would be difficult in the time games to know when to declare because someone like a Gat could just make a mockery of what you kind of get. Um, but similarly, if you get him out early, kind of you need the overs to try and bowl them out. So um, yeah, it can be quite tricky sometimes in that. And, and yeah, Gat's a top draw player, so. Um, I hope he's not bad. Do we know what's wrong against with that? Is, is he injured or is, is he unavailable for other reasons or without going into detail necessarily? Not sure, to be honest. I have no idea. I have no info either. So, no. I mean, maybe someone could let us know. But, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, he's been missed. He's, he's, you know, he's been around the league for a long time, a long time and, you know, you know his, his stats are, you know, second son almost, aren't they? So, it, which we'll yeah. definitely be happy to have him back if he does come back. 
yeah, if, if he if he does reappear, you're right. Um, Acton Finchley yesterday as well, Sal, potentially a really interesting one getting up towards the top. And as I said, Finchley, uh, you know, look a strong unit. Um, any thoughts on that one? Um, I mean, it's a cracking game by the sounds of it, by the looks of it. Uh, Acton, yeah, I mean, Finchley had, you know, a good score, 2-5-9. I mean, no one really kicked on. That's probably one there, probably things they're thinking about. No, no, four players got sort of 40 or above in their total 2 5 nine, three. I mean, they had Acton two, four for two at one point, but... You know, Sir Hill, who, who is one of our sort of media team, um, did a fantastic job, scored yeah. 100, and is a, is a good win. Nice century, good, yeah. for it. good win for his side. So, Acton are back in, you know, in that sort of promotion kind of um, group, you know, looking to, you know, kick on now into the, into week five. Yep. And last but not least in Div 1, North London, just about got there yeah. against Enfield. Well, it, counts. it wasn't the best game of cricket when both sides would admit to that. I mean, Enfield had no time you say, we, you know, Will Jones have been mentioned not playing we had a couple of other guys out as well. So it wasn't the best game of cricket in terms of quality. Um, I mean, Enfield definitely had a good chance to win the game at one point. They needed, I think it was 59 off, sorry, no, about 50 off, maybe seven, and there was only four down. Right. Um, but then I saw the spinners put the squeeze on them, and they were, sort of, I think, a couple of batsmen in the light at the end. So that kind of it was benefited us, really, and we made a sweet home by 20-odd runs. So um, we're now looking forward to this Saturday. Yes, tell us more. So, who have you got? You got, got, got um, anyone worth the uh, worth talking about? Runaway leaders at the moment coming to, to us. No, actually, I can't remember the last time we played Bronzeby in in a game of cricket. I think so. It'd be nice to host them and hopefully be good. Be, you know, be a good game. You know, obviously I want North London to win, but you know, I'm sure James will say something different to that. Yeah, yeah. I think if, if you're at full strength, Sal, I think it will be an interesting game. If, if, if you know, if Jones is back and and the rest of the boys are fine on all cylinders, I'm sure it'll be a be a challenge yet, overs, right? Yeah, is that, I think they won. I don't know how many how many games last year. They sort of run away with the league below, um, and they've won three out of four. So that's kind of without Will, who's is a very very good bowler. Um, so yeah, they're they're obviously a decent side, and I you know we like to think we're a decent side as well. So um, so certainly be going in it to give it our all, and we'll, we'll see where it takes us. As I say, we've got a couple of guys who are in in decent form. I think probably worth Larry Bose has got. I think he's he's played three games. He's got. 100 in both and um, didn't feel like he was out in the middle game so he's certainly in some good form so hopefully hopefully he'll get going again on Saturday mm. and Finchley play Harrison Marys at uh, at Finchley that, that could be an interesting one as well because Harrison, Harrison Marys have won three Finchley, uh, Finchley won two but um, but yeah I think I think that could be one of those games that, that could go either way but my, my gut instinct is that they're two very different cricket teams as well um, so it'd be sort of a clash of styles. But um, w- any thoughts on that one, Overs? Um, where where is it at? Is it Finchley? Um, it is at Finchley, I th- which I think makes a difference, think right? Finchley will win that game. Uh, I don't think Tom Pettit's playing. Um, so, yeah, if you want a prediction, I'm going to go Finchley. They're going to win that game. Oh, good man. Uh, I like guests who have predictions. You know, that, that's the way to go. We'll get to a couple of mine later on, which have been completely heinous in terms of who's going to win the league. In that division itself, is a, is a massive game at the bottom, which will host hosting Osterley. Um, you know, right. Oh, really? Osterley win that, you know, then Winchmore Hill, you know, they're eight to possibly more points adrift than, you know, they are at the moment. So, massive game coming this Saturday. Yeah. Go and get six pointers at the beginning of June, but both sides wouldn't mind winning that one, would they? That's for sure. Um, one to keep an eye on. Good, good, good. Now, in Division 2, um, we've got two sides now who are 40 points out of 40. Harrowtown, who we've mentioned on this pod before, they started very, very impressively. And uh, Highgate, who, of course, were relegated 
last year. Um, Harrytown beat Southgate on Saturday. It was 255 versus 186. A pretty clear victory. Um, Rifas Hamid scored 80 um, uh, to, to set Harrytown up. And Aravind uh, Nagayaran scored, uh, took four for 39 uh, for, uh, when Harrytown were in the field. So pretty impressive performance there. And Highgate, a bit closer for them. Uh, they were 187 for 8 off 45. So it just goes to show that not everyone has to score 300 runs to win a game of cricket at the moment. Um, and they then restricted Ealing to uh, Ealing Trail Finders to 163. So they won by uh, by 24 runs. And I see Danny Blyton took three for 29. You might have seen a bit of Danny over the over the years. Sal, he's, he's, he's quite yeah, a prospect, he's a very isn't good he? player. Um, obviously, learned a lot from his dad, Steve. But yeah, he's a good cricketer. Very attacking yep. batter and can also bowl some decent spin as well. So, I mean, Highgate, looking at their side, was very under strength at the weekend. And they had, um, their, their overseas wasn't around. No Jake Charlin playing. Um, Freddie, Freddie Brass wasn't playing. Oh, he's got a few runs this year as well. Yeah, like, so yeah, for them to win that game, they'd be really happy, you know, playing with an under strength side against, I mean, you know, side of the bottom of the table at the moment. But still, you know, they must be um, quite a dangerous side on, in terms of what they did last year, Charles Finder, so... Hopefully for them, their sort of fortunes turn in the next few weeks. Yep. Well, I think I think Trailfind is a bit of an enigma, isn't it? Because we heard how you know what an impressive setup they've got and how how well they've been doing, and now they've played four four games and got two points. So so they're struggling. I mean, Indian Jim Karna, another side that are that are also struggling down there with a couple of points. They were well beaten by South Hampstead, who, who scored two two nine for eight. Indian Jim sort of sort of a long way away, um, one hundred and seven. All out. So, um, so yeah, those sides will will definitely be looking to, um, you know, to, to try and pick things up. And of course, this weekend uh, we have Harrow Town playing Highgate. Oh. So uh, uh, one of them's going to have fifty points, and one of them's not. Uh, and that's at uh, that's at the Cot. Uh, so if you're around, that might be one to to keep an eye on to see see which of those two can maintain their hundred percent records. Now, the game of the day in Division Three might not have looked like it was going to be the game of the day. It was between two sides who've struggled a little bit this season. It was between Ealing Hamwellians and Chiswick. And you don't have cricket's version of six-pointers in May, but both sides would have wanted to win this one to get their season up and running. Up and running. So with that in mind, I'm really pleased to be able to chat to Rav Sami from Chiswick, who, who's, who's able to talk to us about what sounds like it was a pretty dramatic finish, Rav, right? Oh, yeah. It was... Um... Very difficult to watch. Um, a lot of emotions all over the place. Uh, to chase 289 was always going to be difficult. Um, it was uh, where were you playing, Rab? Were you at your place or were you at um, we were yeah, 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 Ealing Han Williams? And Ealing Han Williams is yeah. over the past few years is really known as not a high scoring wicket. Um, so when they scored 288, there was a feeling that the wicket was playing pretty well. Um, we knew it was going to be a tough chase. Um, I think uh, when we went into bat, we went in with a positive mindset. Uh, two of our uh, players, uh, Alex Kirkpatrick and Orlo, he's a, a legend of the club. He's been part of the club for many years. Well, the Turnham Green side of the club for many years. Uh, I remember playing at Turnham Green many years ago. Yeah, I probably played against Orlando. Yeah, yeah. Orlando, Orlando and Alex put on a brilliant partnership of... Uh, 121, I think, between the two. Um, and they really took the game to uh, Ealing Han Williams. Um, and we were going a, a good good old tick 
I think we were going at about fives or, fives or sixes and over. Um, we were roughly about halfway, at the halfway point, we were roughly about halfway to the total that we needed. And we were sort of in sort of cruise cruise mode. Uh, lost, uh, you know, wickets not too frequently. There was a, a one of our overseas guys who came in, he scored a quick 20-odd. And we were pushing the run rate quite well. And um, I, myself, I went in and it seemed pretty pretty comfortable. And then when the overseas and um, myself and Angad got out, Angad was another chap who was there, it just, everything changed. It went from, uh, you know, from fives and six and over to having to make sure that we have to score more than a runner ball. And it was just unbelievable. Um, I, I don't think I've seen a couple of runouts on this scorecard as well. Is that right? So get people getting a bit, bit edgy. Oh yeah, for sure. It was just, I, you know, there's, I, it's very difficult to explain. Your, you see it, you see, you see your team doing well, and then all of a sudden there's a hiccup, and you know the odds are all against you, are more than a runner ball, and we've got maybe what five or six overs left, needing about sixty, fifty. And the run rate just keeps increasing, keeps increasing, keeps increasing. I think in the penultimate over, we only had maybe a, a couple of runs off the over. And we needed to chase 18 off the last over. I was already, I know it might not sound particularly um, positive, but I was like, this requires something special for us to win. You know, 18 off off the over is, is not an easy thing to do. And under the circumstances... And talk to me about David Boothroyd. He was on strike, right? And he's, he's your number yeah. 10. Is, is, is he the type of guy who goes in and smacks the ball? Or, or are you thinking well, we're going to need a miracle? Well, I mean, Dave has pulled it out a couple of times, to be honest with you. Um, and it was just one of those games. Is like, if there's any a time for Dave to, to, to pull it out, this is the time for Dave to pull it out. And usually in the nets, he, he absolutely smashes the spinners. And um, just everything in that moment just fell into place when the ball the first ball bowled in that over you know it went Dave sent that for six and the whole mood in that whole with the whole all the guys in that whole the whole um, atmosphere you needed 18 to win off the last over Dave Boothroyd smashes the first one for six where does it go does it go straight or it went uh, sort of uh, uh, deep sort of cow deep sort of mid uh, mid wicket on the boundary, clears, yep. clears the fielders, clears the, clears the ropes. And, you know, you're... you're the second ball, is he going to dig in? Is he going to go dot ball second? Or is he going oh, big no, again? No, no, no. I, I think um, Dave knew exactly. I mean, anything in his... I think he was in that point where anything was there or thereabouts in his zone, he's going to put it away. And um, then the next the next six, I, you know, all of a sudden, it's just... Absolute, the whole mood has completely changed. From going, how the hell are we going to get 18 off this over? And then, you know, Dave Boothroyd hitting that first six, then the second six, and we were just, uh, it was unbelievable. I think what we what we saw... We and saw, suddenly, you, but, but then you need six off four, and you're sort of favourites. Yeah, I mean... If that can change players, you know, when suddenly it's not, the, the equation moves. Yeah, but the thing is, we were on our last wicket as well, so... It yep. brought more of that tension. So you know, it's there was either you have to have a go at it, or 
you, we're going to lose and I'd rather, you know, us have a go at it. And, you know, the gods favoured us on that day. Everything fell into place and, you know, Dave... Um, so what was the third ball then, Rav? Where did that go? Did, uh, did he go for the same sort of shot again or was it a different delivery? Similar shot. It went down sort of similar area, sort of uh, sort of deep cowish. And he cleared the fielders. They, they set up the field. They had four people on the leg side boundary. And I found it quite um, quite interesting because it was, a, it was a spinner. And he was actually bowling pretty well. And um, they gave him the last over. And he's bowling um, around the wicket to a right-hander. And he's got oh. four people on the leg side. So everything was falling into place for one of Dave's sort of preferred shots. And when he sent the first one... Well, like, you have this feeling that he's going to probably do it again if he puts it in the same spot. And he sent it again. And all of a sudden, I think we needed, like, four or three or four of the last couple of balls. And the the feeling in the team, because it's been a, hot, a tough few weeks for both the teams. And um, we were all jumping around when he hit that second six. And we just had to calm ourselves down because we still knew that Anything can happen. We we've got one wicket left. We still need we still need to score. I think it was three or four runs off the last three balls. The next ball, so he hit, so he hit, went for four, and that and then it was two to win the game. I yeah. guess off the fourth ball. Yeah, and he, and and the best thing is Dave played probably the, one of the best shots of the game. He played a cover drive through the covers, uh, through cover and right. extra cover in the mid off for four. It was just it's Joe Root now. Yeah, it was yes. unbelievable. It was, um, yeah, it was just the emotions that you go through, and you know, it was it was really well. I know for myself, I was. I think I've grown a couple of grey hairs. I think my heart. Oh, it sounds like you haven't recovered. Yeah, yeah. It was, <laughs> the heart's still beating. I can tell. It was unbelievable. I think it's one of the. I think it's one of the sort of greatest escapes that Chiswick Cricket Club has done. We've had a few in the past few years. But this one was um, something special for sure. And uh, Dave has been a, a, a big uh, big player for the club, a big ambassador for the club. He's a fantastic bowler. And um, every once in a while, he'll he'll pull it out with a bat. And, you know, I, I, I'm just happy that it happened uh, yesterday, um, you know, especially this year, because we've, We've been desperate to get a, a win on the board, and I'm just glad it happened yesterday. So, last question from me, Rav. So, next week, of course, you move on to Stoke Newington, another, and you, you went above Stoke Newington yesterday. So, another game you could do with winning, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're trying to trying to take it a game at a time. Um, you know, a bit disappointed that probably didn't get some of the results that we wanted. So, I think it's just basically trying to get our head down now. We've We've got the first win in. I think it settles a, a, a bit of the sort of nerves a little bit, you know. And hopefully, you know, um, when it comes to the second half of the season, we're we're in a better position, and hopefully, in a position where either we're looking for, you know, hanging on to the back end of promotion, um, and if not, at least trying to take a couple of big teams down with us and getting a couple of victories on some of the teams who expect to go up. So. You know, it's just nice to get that that first win. For what it's worth, I think you can really make up ground. 
in the middle of the season because there's inevitably going to be a few draws about. If you can pick up 10 points when other people are picking up not many points, then, then you're, you're going to play catch-up quite quickly. So long way to go. It's a long old season and, um, you know, with the confidence I'm sure you got yesterday, um, you know, it, it could be a season with, um, you know, with a productive end as well. Ralph, thanks for coming on board. We, we really appreciate your thoughts. Well done again and, and well done to Dave for what sounds like a fantastic last over innings and um, looking forward to hearing from you again soon. Yeah, thank you very much. In other news from Division 3, Wickham House are um, still very much top. They're 40 points from a possible 40. They beat Actonians. And, of course, we did have somebody who had the best seat in the house at that game. Sal, you umpired it. So, um, what did you make of it? Wickham House pretty good, right? Yeah, very impressed with the side. I'd say um, Captain Hamza, who's been on the podcast in, in last season, um, very, very, they decided very, very well. They had a very good open stand. Um, one of the guys got 100. A uh, gentleman by the name of, I'll get it for you very quickly, um, Yasser Ahmed. And a guy called Dilesh Perot, who's been, been playing for a few years, a very good cricketer. You know, they, they put on uh, 99 um, sound for the first wicket. And then from there, it was just, just controlling the game, really. The batters sort of just came in and then hit some big shots when they needed to and, and got to a score of 2-6-7. Um, Actones were, were sort of half a team, really, because they had... Um, Quite a few guys away on their captain stag doing Budapest, so depleted in numbers, and that that showed at the batting. Um, no one really managed to make any inroads um, on the side. Johnny Drabble at forty-two, but in the end, it was nowhere near enough. And there's one three six all out. Um, they've got a young bowler actually, really impressive. Um, Same Hussain, who um, <coughs> under nineteen cricketer, um, bowls decent pace, swings the ball as well. So he took five weeks yesterday, so. Yeah, um, one or two Wickham House, who I think you know definitely don't decide to be in that division. Yeah, I, I think there's there's a lot in that. I, th- I think Wickham House have regrouped after their relegation, and they are they are absolutely looking um, looking the real deal. Um, they'd be the first to tell you that you know you, you don't go up now; you, you go up in, in in early September. So I don't think they're taking anything for granted. But forty from forty is a pretty clear statement. Just behind them, two sides on 30. Now, SKLP, um, they bowl straight, if nothing else. We know that because we've seen the stats on wides. Um, but they're, they're doing well. So they're doing plenty right because they, they've won three out of four. Um, and Kenton won what I thought was the most intriguing fixture of the day. That They they beat um, Alexandra Park, uh, AP 158, Kenton 162 for seven. Um, Jimmy Abbott got 34 for AP pretty low down there in the batting order, so I think they were they were always a bit behind where they might have wanted to be with the bat. Um, but Akshay uh, Pavala uh, with a pretty solid fifty-eight not out for Kenton to see them home. As ever uh, in Division Three, looking at Sammy Hyder. Did you see his stats for the for the weekend? Um, uh, um, I'm first thing I check every Sunday morning, mate. So yeah, straight on to that. Good man. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> no runs and one wicket. Am I correct? Spot yeah. on. So what is that now for the season? Is it six wickets in one run? Well, but yes, one. He's managed a sum total of one run, and he's taken six wickets. So, so the, the big question is pretty clearly being answered by wickets being more. There's more wickets around than runs for him uh, as things stand. He's back at eleven, Sal, which is his clearly his natural habitat. Yeah. So, um, so, so yeah, yes, Sammy Hyderwatch says uh, the wickets uh, just edge further away from the runs. Uh, not a great day for London Tigers, so they lost by seven wickets against. Tower Hamlets and and they were one of my tips to go up and it's not it's not disastrous for them but um but yeah seven wickets is a pretty conclusive defeat so um they'll be looking to um to bounce back next week if we move into Division Four um Friends United still top 
uh, played 4-1-4. Impressive stuff. They beat Kensington and Chelsea. Quite a close game, again. 175 versus 175 uh, or 177 for 8. So they won by um, two wickets, but a win's a win. Uh, and that's that's 40 points for them. Um, old Eyes moving up to, to, to second place now. They, they've drifted up the table in the last couple of weeks. They beat Pinner Challenger. They put 220 on the board, 220 for 9. And uh, Pinner were 169 all out. Jeevan Reddy uh, cleaning up at the end with, with a nice 3 for 16 for Old Eyes. Um, as we move into Division 5 again, there's still a team that's unbeaten there, London Sportif. They're top. Uh, they beat... United Sports, uh, 203 versus 208 for five. Um, I do have a comment to make here, folks. I learned something this week, and I, I don't know why I hadn't noticed this before, that there is a, a United Sports in Division 5 and a, let me get this right, United Sporting Club in Division 6. Oh. Right? It all feels a bit Monty Python yeah. for me. You know, people's Judean front and all that. But, but United Sports and United Sporting Club are not the same thing. They are different clubs so um were you aware of that sal was it just no. did i miss this or no no you've got a good spot down for that no. i mean one thing they do have in common well, I, feel, I feel almost a bit embarrassed as a, as a self-confessed cricket badger i should really have noticed that but um, so it's only in week four that i we're too busy looking at sammy hyder stats mate we haven't got time for this kind of stuff no yeah, i'm obsessing about sammy hyder yeah, stats no. it's ridiculous um so yeah so, so um so, so so they beat united sports on sportifs that is and that they are top willow leather um from uh, one of the promoted sides they're up to second as well they beat uh, Peshwa in a pretty low-scoring game, actually. Um, Peshwa got 93, and uh, Willow Leather got three more uh, for the loss of five. So they, they drifted up into second place, looking for a double-bubble promotion uh, um, this year. Division 6, um, well, a couple of bits in Division 6 I thought were, were, were interesting. Um, we had our lowest score of the day there, Sal, um, and it wasn't very low. In fact, I think it's the highest lowest score we've ever okay. had, uh, 84. North Alton Manor were 84 all out against Harrow Millennium and they knocked it off for six in 13 overs, so they weren't messing around. Um, but I don't think we've had too many um, higher low scores. Would that be right? We've had a few 28s yeah. and stuff, but 84... Yeah, we've had some 28s and some 40s, so yeah, that definitely um, trumps... Um... Yep, it says a lot about how many, yeah, how many runs have been, how many runs have been scored. Um, one other thing that caught my eye in Division 6, but it also it goes a bit wider than Division 6, is... Bahani, a, cl- a club about which I don't know much. If anyone from Bahani is, is listening, then do, do get in touch and tell us uh, tell us more. Tell us what we need to know. They they amassed 355 for five against Regent's Park, um, who got nowhere near it. They were 139 all out. So that's a 216-run win. So um, re- respect due to Bahani. But I also noticed that their twos... Um, it didn't go so, so, so well for their twos. The twos were chasing 344 uh, and they only got 124 when chasing it. So you got the first team winning by 216 runs and you got the second team losing by 220 runs. Um, talk about mixed fortunes. And I, I, I almost dare not say, but I'm going to say, I wonder if any first and seconds have had a bigger spread than a 220 run victory for one and a 216 defeat for the other. Um, I, I don't know, but I thought I'd flag it up in case Paul Smith's really bored um, because he's the only man who'll be able to answer that question. But struck me as a big, pretty big spread. Have you ever seen anything like that at Bronsbury? Um, overs where one team's gone big and then the team below or above it has, um, has been smashed? Uh, de- was that too difficult? Not, not to that extent, but yeah, definitely seen it where, where we've either won or lost and the other team below haven't. I've done the opposite of that, but uh, no, that's just crazy. Such a big, such big wins and such that's big losses. Spread. 
That's what I thought. Salivate, anything, even, I can't think of anything remotely as big no, as that. I can't remember either. Top. I'm sure it has been somewhere in North London because sometimes we've had some real crushing defeats and some big wins. So, um, not that anything that comes to mind at the moment, though. It's that big. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, in terms of the table, though, so obviously behind me, not top of the pile, they're somewhere in the middle. Um, we have United Sporting Club, as I've just said, not the same as United Sports. They're top. Um, uh, and they, they're level with Youth Wing uh, on 31 points. Uh, they beat uh, London Super Kings, who, who helped them along with 51 wides from the London Super Kings. So that helped United Sporting Club to 266 um, for eight. And um, uh, and then uh, they were all at 219. And then any guesses as to how many wides London, uh, United Sporting Club bowled back? I'll let James do this one because I can see it on front of me. <laughs> Yeah. You can see, oh, you can see James, you can, I guess. So, 51 wides in the first innings in the no. second? <laughs> 51. So, it was, that's, that's a, I totally get that guess. It would have been good if it was none. But no, it's 102 wides in the game. That is, and I've not checked every card. I'm not, I've not quite gone that far, but that is, I think, the record. We had, for those who weren't listening last week, 350-ish wides in Division 6 last week. So, we, you know... Uh, and the play continues, but uh, I thought that was quite symmetrically that's, nice. I mean, seventeen hours, um, seventeen overs, exactly. Extra if they're all if they're all individual wides, that's seventeen overs. That's one hour yeah. more. That's another I mean, hour. That's hour. Okay. A buzz through to the boundary, but even then, what time are you yeah. finishing, guys? Yeah. It's been pitch black. Um, one other game that I wanted to flag up, um, and it, it's not a first eleven game. It's, it's it's from lower down, and it, it, I mentioned this right at the beginning. We had, we had our second tie, and I thought this was quite an entertaining finish. It was West Harrow threes against Actonians fours. This is in Division Five B uh, of the third tier, and the game was at um, Kingsbury School. And both sides, obviously, because it was a tie, got the same score: one hundred sixty-four all out. The bit that I found that was interesting about this was that at one stage, Actonians who were chasing uh, were one hundred sixty-four for seven. So they lost all three of their final wickets with the scores tied, which which strikes me as, as quite an extraordinary type of finish. And and I spoke um, earlier to uh, Rohit Gupta, who is the captain of Actonians Fours, and he, he he talked me through what happened. It was quite quite entertaining, in, 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 unless you're playing for Actonians, I guess. Uh, in in what what went on, they were well ahead of the rate for most of the time. He said that no issues whatsoever with running out of time. Uh, kept a lot of runs, kept a lot of wickets in the hutch. But then things started to go wrong. So they were about 130-odd for five. So they needed 35 to win. The number seven, who's going well, pulls a fetlock. So he's injured. So he has to go off. Um, then probably the, their best batter, or certainly their best batter on the day, Will Yates, he goes for 37. So the alarm bells start ringing. Another wicket falls. You've got number nine and number 10 at the wicket now. They put on 23, though. And so that gets them level. Then there's a, you know, the, the, the mayhem really kicks in. There's a court behind. So the number nine goes. Um, then you've got the injured batter comes back in. He's, he's a guy who's been batting well. He slaps a long hop straight to cover. He's gone. He's out. The number 11's in. Now, the number 11 is, is Rohi himself, the skipper. So he goes out. Obviously, now's the, now's the time for the captain to do his job. Um, he's got two balls left in this over. I suspect he's number 11 for a reason. You know, he's probably not... He's, Bowling is more what he does than batting. but So he misses the first ball, but then he gets behind it and defends the second ball. So that's the end of the over. And then, and I quote, uh, Rohit said to me, between overs, I say to the number 10, get in behind the ball because the bounce is a bit variable. Okay, So the first ball straight to the number 10. So what does he do? Well, sod that. Two foot outside leg stump. Massive great whack. 
But of course, he misses it. So he's bowled. Um, so, so goodness knows what Rohit Gupta said to him then. This is a family show. It was probably somewhat X-rated. But, um, but he, he's bowled, therefore, having completely not followed captain's orders. And West Harrow and uh, Actonians share the points. And as West Harrow skipper Pranav Choksi said to me in a message earlier today, one of the best matches ever played in. Loads of drama. Epic encounter. And ultimately, a tie was probably... Um, Probably more or less the uh, the best result. So I thought that was quite entertaining. Um, before we close, one or two factoids. Sal, um, we mentioned that Paul had been in touch with, uh, uh, with with some info. And one of those was about the highest margin of victory ever, because we were talking about that. And he, he came up with some interesting stuff, he right? He did indeed. So um, he advised us, as he likes to, and we appreciate all the work he puts in. Yeah, yeah, we do appreciate it. Yeah, the highest margin of victory since 2002 is 291 runs. So that was acting freeze. Um, beat Howard Town Freeze, Acton Freeze scored 3 5 3 for 8 or 49, and Howard Town Freeze all up to 62. Um, that was in 2008. Um, so, yeah, that, that was, that was 2008. The highest for first 11 game um, was Hampstead, yeah. who um, beat East Coast 2016. Hampstead 3 5 9 for 6 up to 50, East Coast 96 all out. So, that was 2016. And then we've yeah. got, um, I think this happened this year, but from what I remember. Yeah, yeah, and this yeah. is the thing, isn't it? So that's the highest first eleven margin ever, two six three. And what um, happened last week? Super Kings three five three for eight. Sierra's Cardinal six nine all out. So that was a two hundred eighty four run victory. So if the stats all line up, then um, yeah, it looks like we have a new record. That's the biggest uh, winning margin in in modern MTCL times, defined as since two thousand and two. So um, I'm not sure anyone at London Super Kings or Sierra's Cardinals is aware of it. Sierra's Cardinals may not want to know anyway. Um, but that that one will be uh, will be in the record books, or at least it will be for a while. We, we had a couple that weren't a million miles away to, uh, on Saturday, so that is um, where we are. In terms of the top and lowest scores, Sal, um, we've touched on yeah. most of these games already. Yeah, we spoke about North Mids amassing three hundred eighty-one for six against Hampstead, and the lowest score was um, in Div Six, Norfolk Manor eighty-four all out against Harrow Millennium. Yep. So, I mean, North, North Mid game, with, as you say, noting Hampstead got 311 as well. So that is, um, that's a serious amount of runs in a game of cricket, 700 runs um, in that one. Um, that's top score of the day as well. Um, and, you know, Bahani, you know, Bahani twos uh, um, were, were deserve an honourable mention for their chase, you know, against, against United Sports twos. Um, one other score I wanted to flag up, slightly awkward one, but there was, there was a... Um, uh, a difficult game in Division 6 of the third tier. And I say difficult in inverted commas. It sounds like it was an absolute rip-roaring game up to a point. Bespera scored 3-2-3 for three. This is, to say, Division 6 of the third tier. Uh, and Wickham House were, were, were chasing it down 315 for nine. This is going right down to the wire. And then, obviously, none of us were there. So we don't, we don't know exactly what happened other than there was a run-out um, issue. And they couldn't resolve their differences. So Bespera ended up walking off the field. Now, I don't know anything about the details. I'm sure Sal and Overs, you don't either. But it just strikes me as really disappointing when you get what must be a phenomenal game of cricket that ultimately doesn't get finished. And, and Bespera will concede that game. They'll have to. You can't walk off the field uh, uh, in those sorts of circumstances and, and have any other result go their way. Um, and I just think it's a bit sad that we, 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 we've we got to get over this walking off the field thing if we can. That's, I, I have no context on the run out but I just think once once we see that as a norm then we're not we're not heading in the right direction so rather unfortunate particularly after 640 odd runs had been scored goodness knows what time it was in the evening um but but that one didn't get to the end because 
um, because of uh, controversy around a Renault call, which strikes me as a bit a bit of a shame. Um, right, Sunday cricket, Sal, national knockout or national cup competitions. There's been a bit of action, right? Yeah, and good news for our for our clubs. Um, two t- two sides left um, up till today, and, and two sides still left in the competition. Uh, North Middlesex played Hadley and Fun- Had- Hadley and Fundersley from the Essex Premier League or Essex League, and they're playing the Prem. And they've they've come through. Um, they were indebted to David O'Sullivan, who's, who's joined them this season. A quick bowler took six for thirty-five, and then another one of their new additions to the side, Matt Moran, who scored hundred yesterday, seventy-nine all out. So they'll now be playing Brentwood in the in the Group Fourteen final. I'm not sure the date for that exactly, but congratulations to North Middlesex. And I mean, and again, it's one that's a difficult one, isn't it? Do you reward the players that have been playing in the last few rounds, or do you? You know, call the big guys back in who played the Saturday cricket in terms of your selection because Brentwood's not going to be an easy game. You know, they're a very good side, you know, great sort of um, pedigree in these kind of competitions. So, I don't know, I mean, James, in your view, what would you be looking to do in that kind of situation? Uh, If you want to win it, you need to beat your best side because I I think Brentwood did get to the final last year. They beat us on the way. Um, I think Chris Green plays for him as well. I know he does. Um, So, yeah, if you want to win the game, it sometimes can do those guys more harm if you go away to I don't know where it is but if you go away to Brentwood with half a side they can they can actually go back a little bit if you take some young guys and they get whacked so um, yeah. but clearly they're not you know they're winning games so I'm sure they're if they do go they'll give it give it their all and who knows what will happen I think it's also easy to be consistent with that isn't it as well it, you know if you just say well, we pick our best team that's available and guys you were fantastic and you made a brilliant contribution and we, we remember it but we pick our best team and at least everyone knows where they stand right yeah, I agree with that. I mean, like, I like to see, I like to see our clubs progress as far as possible, and I think they need to be strong to take on Brentwood. You can't um, go with side, which is you know, you know, half your sort of young players have been doing a great job. But if you want to progress, and I think if they put their first team out, they got a good chance. You know, they've shown on Saturday what strong batters aren't they have. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with that game. And I think they're going to be actually at home as well. So um, once we get the date for that, we'll, we'll let everyone know. Um, and another side of quality who've gone through to their group final is Richmond, who. Had a fantastic win against Raybridge today. Um, Will, Will Roberts was the man who, who was in form, scored 131, and then took 439. So, um, great, great result for Richmond to beat Raybridge. And they will now be playing group, um, Aston Rowant in the Group 11 final. So, congratulations to those guys um, who are flying the flag for us uh, for, the, for the league in, in the further rounds of the competition. Aston Rowan conquerors of Teddington, is that right? Yes, that's right. They beat him in a very close game a couple of weeks back. So, um, again, I mean, the side they, they had that side looks, looks a good, strong side. So, if they can get something near that, then they'll be, they'll be a tough side to beat. Mm. Um, and if you do get a chance, look out for the catch that Adam, Adam Bumble took in that game. Definitely one candidate for catch of the season. Fantastic catch in, in the slip. So, that's sort of going around social media at the minute. So, if you do get a chance... Have a look at that. Serious player, serious player. And what's your experience of the national overs? Have you ever gone gone right deep into the competition, or uh, not really? To be honest, I think, well, we got to the group oh, it's final. Tough one think... to do that with, though, isn't it? It's not easy. Yeah, I, th- I think we we might have even won our group. We, we won our group, and then we played Saffron Warden. Um, they were they were way too strong for us in the end. But yeah, it's, it's great when you get on a run. Usually, once you get to those group finals, there's decent crowd. Um, and you ha- you haven't got to win that many games from there. The finals at Lords, so yeah, if those guys can get pulled out, Middlesex, are, <laughs> the league is very strong. So 
sure if uh, if Richmond get the best team out, North Mid get the best team out, then I'd, I'd, I'd fancy at least one of them to go through. You'd hope so. I said, just have a text from Will as well, the captain. I congratulate him with Century, but he said to me oh, about my wicket that I took of the South African opener who might be playing England season. So um, there you go, Will. Well done for taking out the wicket. I think named Cyril Irwin. I, you know what? I, I, I'm not 100% sure that Irwin is eligible to play in the national knockout. I think he might have well, played. At the moment. I, I, think, I think he's played. Has he played Test cricket? We can play first-class players in the national, but not if they've played in the last twelve months, can you? No, you can. They change the rule. Was it last year or the year before, James? I think that was one of the. That's one of the oh. reasons I think we tried, or Christian. I think Christian tried to get that brought into our league, just due to the fact we're playing against sides who can play first-class players. Okay, well, I'm um, largely irrelevant now. Yeah, yeah. Right, but, um, but yeah, it just when I saw the name, I thought, oh, okay, it's interesting. You're making Will's dusty medium pace sound a lot better than it is here as well. Call him. Oh, he was more happy about that wicket than he, he was more happy about that than taking scoring a hundred. <laughs> he said to me, "What about the mention? Mention for the my, my wicket was test test opener." So we will we'll mention that for you now, Will. So well done, mate. Good stuff indeed. Good stuff. Um, and the rep side have been playing Sal, right? Yeah, so they had a good win last week. I know Robbo's been involved yep. in that, getting that set up and organising fixtures and getting teams. Oh, so division three, right? to Robbo, yeah. Who's like, yeah, yeah. So I think it's a mixture of Division 3 and maybe Division 4, but mainly Division 3 players. Um, they took on the Gurkali League, I think it's called, the Nepal, some kind of links in Nepal. Um, quite a low-scoring game. We were 1-7-8 all out, but we bowled them out for 80, 68. So we go through to the next round and we take on the South East Shires Cricket League. I have no idea about that league at all. So... A bit of going into the unknown, but so yeah, I think they're into the quarterfinals now. So hopefully, say, every single progress. game that they've played because they've been in for a few years, I've never ever heard of any of their oppositions. Which is like you know, again, yeah. as a cricket badger, I almost feel like embarrassed to say it. But the, the South East Shires League, right? No idea. I mean, there are a couple no, in there that I've heard. I mean, there is the um, the Caribbean League, which um, some of our guys play in yeah. sometimes. Uh, I think Arthur Jules plays in, and um, Les Edwards might have played, and Dave Burton. So You've got that. Um, so, yeah. And so, yeah, that, that's a good win for those guys. So, yeah, they'll be playing the set. And also got a home draw. So, I'm not sure who's going to be hosting that. But definitely look out on the social media page and we'll mention it as well when we get um, clarification of what date and where the games are being played at. I vaguely remember that Kenton are, are keen to host those games. They have hosted them before. So, Kenton might be a go to one for that. Brilliant. That's good. We'll see. We'll Guys, just going to finish what one thing that happened yesterday. You know, t- talked just a little bit there about that unfortunate incident with with Bezra and Wickham House. But cricket, you got to love it, right? Um, our fifteen play against Perivale Phoenician Fours, right? Our fifteen skipper goes out to toss, uh, tosses the coin, uh, wins a toss. He's going to have a bowl, and he says, right, okay, twelve thirty start. And the other skipper goes, no, nah, it's a one o'clock start. And Harmi says, no, 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 it's twelve thirty. It's twelve. It, it, it's just the Premier League that's twelve o'clock. And the other skipper's like, what are you on about? It's one o'clock start. It always has been. And they were having a slightly awkward conversation when, when Harmeet Singh's phone goes and he answers the phone. It's like, oh, it's the captain of Perivale Phoenicians Force. And it, Aren't you the captain of Perivale Phoenicians Force? Says, no, I'm captain of um, um, playing the Thames Valley League. Damn, I should have written this down. Um, in Middlesex, not Ickenham. Ickenham. Oh, no, Lansbridge. Not, no. Harefield. No, smaller, smaller club. Can't remember who it was. It'll come back to me later. But anyway, he says, no, no, I captain this club. And um, he said, oh, right. Well, aren't we playing you on this ground? And he said, no, it's our own ground. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Perry Malfinicians play over there. 
and then, and then sort of, I, think, I get this impression, the Harmy sort of turn around and their skipper's like waving at him, obviously, you know, over here. So, so they all had to trek off um, to, 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 to toss again. He won the second toss uh, and decided to bowl again. So all good. And they started at 12.30. Um, what the, it's going to annoy me now. It's another Middlesex so based team. Very, say again? So were they not, were they in MCCL before or they not, not been in our league before? Are they an old MCCL club? Long time ago if they were. Oh, it's in Middlesex, so yeah. This will come back to me. I'll update you next. Anyway, the story, the story it doesn't really matter who they were, but on the wrong ground, neither captain actually checked that, that they were playing the right team. And of course, like our guy's got a massive Twickenham CC top on with a badge on it. And, and clearly that wasn't seen as being of any relevance. And uh, they tossed up. And um, then it's the fact that his phone rang, I guess, just as he'd finished tossing up with him. It made me chuckle. Anyway, on that note, I thought you we, we, we draw this thing to a close. Overs, um, anything you want to fling in uh, as a final word? Uh, no, just, yeah, thanks for having me. It's been been good to have a chat about all things cricket. Um, one thing, actually, start times. We've got to start games earlier. They're going on too long. It's too many wides. Well, they are going on too wide. going on forever. Uh, yeah, and I'm always hungry about half 12. So, uh, yeah, if you end up fielding first, it's impossible. Yeah. I've got a lot of time for that, actually. But, I mean, why exactly do we not start at 11 o'clock? Can someone remind me of this? Well, what exactly is the reason that we don't do it? I think people used to work, but that was a few years ago. Mm. So. Okay, just not sure that yeah. works anymore, really. Um, but but there we go. I suspect the people who go to the AGM are slightly different cohorts to people who play the game. And that's not a criticism, it's just a statement of fact. Um, but, but there we are. Cool. Um, Sal, anything you want to add before we... Um... No, I'm, I'm going to ask you some more. Is it Q? It's going to bug me now. No. It's not Q, no. Not, no. Chesham? No. Hounslow? No. Blimey. Oh, I give up. Um, I'm going to have a look here. This, this is going to really annoy me because as soon as we get off, Come off there. The, <laughs> the pod, it's going to it's going to be obvious, isn't it? Uh, other middle sec- and Paul Smith's going to be shouting at whatever device he's using, isn't he? Um, begins with a H, I think. H. I said Hairfield. It's not, not Hairfield. Hairfield no. Smaller than that. We'll leave it there, guys. And as soon as we finish, yeah. we'll remember and we'll advise everybody next week. It's been a pleasure, folks. Go out at the weekend, overs, and um, we'll speak again soon. Thanks, Dan. Cheers, Thanks, guys. Cheers, folks. Bye. Bye. Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.